Today's episode is a doozy. I share my PIP method for customer journeys, which will absolutely blow your mind. I tell you a new morning routine I have that woke me up a hundred times, a hundred times more effectively than coffee. And I talk about the Montana flag that's behind me. If you're watching this on video, where I am and what we're doing, but the customer journey is the most important part. So let's get into the episode. The PIP method is waiting for you. Ready? Welcome to the Mind of George Show. Today is a Winning Wednesday episode where we talk through actionable strategies, tactics, secrets, and golden nuggets that can be implemented, utilized, and benefited from immediately. This episode is all about action and putting what you learn into practice, which is the only true way to achieve your personal and professional goals. We've covered everything from the five non-negotiable books for business leaders, which was episode 56, to Project Manage Mastery, which was episode 44, to the two most important documents in your entire business, which were episodes 62 and 83. You can find those and all the other episodes of the show at mindofgeorge.com. But without further ado, let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Mind of George Show. Today is a winning Wednesday. I had to look at my notes. It's been a couple of days since I recorded, since we just moved across the country. Well, from the bottom of the country to the top of the country, but we are here. If you're watching this on video, you see a big Montana state image behind me because I am officially a Montana resident. And uh, for those of you who are like, no, you're not. I already got my license. I already have a Montana license. What, 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 what? So we are here. I am happy. I am so glad to be here. This is home. This is uh, where my family wants to be. My kids are in school and they are super happy. Everything is good. And I love the weather. It's 30 degrees every day. So I get to wear shorts with my pink shoes and my hoodies walking around. The road trip will have to be a podcast all on its own. The lessons, the reflections, and all of those things, which I will do soon because I had a lot of breakthroughs as an entrepreneur, as a business owner, just from being in the car for four days and meeting different people all over the country through five different states as we drove. But today, we're going to be talking about the customer journey. We're going to be talking about the customer journey uh, and what I call the PIP the PIP method, the PIP analogy. I don't know. I just put the words together, but I like the word PIP, PIP, PIP. And so PIP for customer journey stands for planning, intentionality, and patience. And I get asked all the time, like, how do you create customer journeys? How do you create customer journeys? What do you think about when you do it? Like, what do I need to think about? And so I took some time and I literally went through my entire process numerous times and wrote down okay, this is what goes in. This is the question I ask myself. This is what I put into it. This is what I think they should do. And these are the exact questions I use for myself, my clients to create customer journeys. And so before we get into the customer journey, if you're watching this on video, you're going to see me moving in my chair a lot. Um, you know, normally I have a cup of coffee to wake up in the morning and uh, not really, it doesn't wake me up, but I, I know a lot of people do. It's like the best part of waking up is folders in your cup. Well, I found a new way today. I found a new way to wake up in the morning and I have more energy than I've ever had and I can't stop moving in my chair. And so I'll tell you about that. You know, I'll just tell you right now. I fell down the stairs this morning. I literally fell down the stairs. We're staying in an Airbnb with some really steep stairs and I was carrying the trash out and I slipped and I landed on my back and fell down the stairs, proceeded to lay on the floor and cry for 
about five minutes. I couldn't move. I actually, uh, my wife came down and I thought I was going to have to go to the hospital. I couldn't move. Uh, it hurts so bad. And then I had a family pile around me. Branson and Cheyenne and my wife were all standing around me. <laughs> I'm laying on the floor <laughs> at the base of the stairs, like bawling. And I mean like dry heaving. I was nauseous. It hurt so bad. And I couldn't really move. And they were just sitting there witnessing this. And I don't know if you ever had that feeling when you get hurt, you want to be alone because you just want to don't really it's from the level of vulnerability that's expressed in that moment but it was amazing and i'm okay um i can walk really slowly i think i'm just gonna have a big bruise and i'm gonna pay attention to it but yeah so if you see me moving in my chair uh it's because before i had my coffee this morning i decided uh, apparently it didn't wake me up enough i decided to take a trip down the stairs and so that's what's feeling up for me right now in my back as i move so let's talk about PIP. Let's talk about the customer journey. So when we think about the customer journey, when you think about the customer journey, when I think about the customer journey, one of the ways that I like to envision the customer journey is if this customer, if this amazing human being was standing right in front of me, like if they walked into this office that I'm in right now and they're like, hey, George, I could really use your help with my email marketing. I could really use your help with my team culture. I could really use your help with my social media marketing. I would ask them a couple of questions and I would give them a solution. And let's have like, hey, buy my email course or do whatever or, you know, start here. I would give them one thing to do. And then as soon as they have that kind of path, I would be like, okay, go do that thing and come back. And I envision they come back into my office the next day. And I'm like, okay, what are they going to do today? And I'm like, okay, go do that thing. Come back tomorrow. They come back, go do that thing, come back tomorrow. I like to envision customer journeys with people standing in front of me. Like think about our experiences when we walk into the grocery store, when we walk into an Apple store, when we walk into a car dealership, when we go to get our taxes done, when we have to go to the DMV. Like you want to talk about somebody who should really hire me to help with their customer journey, it would be the California DMV. Now that I'm not in California, I got my license in 10 minutes at the DMV in Montana yesterday. And I live in a big town, like big town. I walked right in, 10 minutes later, had a license. I've been here for a week. Totally different subject. But I like to envision what it's like when somebody walks in, when somebody gets in front of me, when somebody is like, hey, I need your help. I'm like, I got you. Do this one thing. Do this one thing. And I do that because... In my opinion, with what I've noticed in the world of digital marketing, is that people tend to try to compress an entire journey into a day or into an email, which actually makes your customer have less of a chance of success. It's okay to have patience. It's okay that it takes seven days to do something. It's okay that you should only do one thing a day. None of us can do 8 million things a day. And so I like to envision that when I'm thinking about the customer journey. And so now let's get into PIP. PIP, 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 PIP. This is like the PIP method. I'm still, I'm still building it out, but it's kind of the PIP method. It's what I like to call it. So PIP is for planning, intentionality, and patience. So planning. What goes into the planning stage of a customer journey? Well, these are some of the questions that I like to ask. And I'm literally telling you exactly what I use, what my team uses, what we teach over and over and over again. So the first thing is we have to identify who we're talking to. So you have to know who, who are you talking to? And when we think about the who, these are the questions that we ask, what information from their before or after state do we know that we can speak to, 
to entice them or attract them to take a next step, right? So think about permission-based marketing using story. What story can we tell? Can I tell my story? Can I tell one of my team stories? Can I talk about something that I felt in the realm of a story that would entice them to take the next step with us? So when I'm thinking about who are we talking to, what information from their before after state do we know that we can speak to? What information do they need to know? What belief do they need to have? And what present pain do they want to move away from? What do I have that can help them get to their after state? So when I'm thinking about planning, step one in planning is knowing who I'm going to talk to. Step two under the planning is what do we want them to do? So now that I have the who, I go to the what. Like what do we want them to do? If it's to buy, what's the best sales mechanism? Is it a call? Is it an order form? Where do we want them to go? If it's a lead magnet, is it better to be a video? Is it an audio? Should it be seven days or 14 days? What would we give to our ideal customer or what would we want if we were going through the same journey? What do we want them to do? Where do we want them to go? And so the first thing I do in the plan is I get to the who. The second thing I do is I get to the what. And then the third thing I do is I get to the where, right? Where do we want them to go? So I know who, I know what, what do I want them to do? And then I know where, where do I want them to go? And then the most important part of the plan, the most important part of the plan is what happens if they don't join? And this is where most people miss it. But what if we want them to buy and they don't buy? We need to have a plan. Otherwise, they just get pushed away and they feel transacted upon. What happens if they opt in or they go to the landing page and don't opt in? Have we thought about like, oh, that's going to happen. We're not going to convert 100%. But if we think about it, can we have a retargeting ad? Can we do blank? What happens if they opt in but don't download it? What happens if they opt in and don't email? open the email? You have to ask yourself all of these things to plug all the holes in the bucket. And then you take all of those ingredients and you ask yourself, what are the next steps? And so when we think about the plan, the purpose of the plan is to gather all of the ingredients you need to potentially make a recipe. And so the worst thing that can happen is you in the kitchen cooking a family meal for 20 people of your family on a holiday. Everybody's expecting to eat in 30 minutes and then you get into the middle of a recipe and realize you don't have all the ingredients. You're not going to be able to make it to the store. You're not going to be able to feed everybody. You're not going to be able to switch it. You're in a situation that's impossible to get out of because you didn't have all the ingredients to start with. That's a really important distinction when it comes to customer journey is the planning stage is you gathering all of the ingredients required in order for you to build the customer journey. So that's what goes into the planning stage. Then after the planning stage, we get into the intentionality phase. We have all the ingredients, right? We know what recipe we want to make. And so in the intentionality phase, this is where I start to think about how can I serve these people best? Not how can I get in and out as fast as possible? Not how can I send them one video with 85 things, but it's like, what would be the best, the most effective for me and for them to deliver on the promised after state that I made? Whether you opted in and I promised you something, how can I get you there? Whether you bought and I told you you'd get there, how can I best get you there? And so under intentionality, the first thing that I like to think about is my cadence. What is my cadence, right? How often do you need to hear from me? And for how long do you need to hear from me in order to trust me or for me to stay on top of mind for you 
to help you or encourage you or support you or nudge you into achieving the particular goal that you've set out to accomplish, right? And so we know that if I'm helping somebody write emails, I don't need to email you in your inbox every single day to be like, write this, write this, write this. But could I email you to check in? Yeah. And would that check-in make you feel safe? Probably. Would that check-in give you an option to get support? Yeah. Would that check-in remind you of what you're building? Yeah. Could that check-in be some wind in your sails and you're like, oh, feeling frustrated with the writer's block? Totally. So what is the cadence? How often do you need to hear from me? But how often do your customers need to hear from you to achieve what you set out in the plan? You know who, you know what, you know where. You know the next steps. You know what to do in case they don't get in. And so once you build all that, it's like, wow, I know it's for these people and I want to take them here. And this is about how long it's going to take. And if it's going to take 30 days, I actually think I should talk to them every day. Or I think I should talk to them every day for the first seven days and then every other day, right? Nobody gets mad when you talk to them every day, when you're serving them, when you're supporting them. Like none of us are like, oh, I'm so mad that you helped me this morning. I'm so mad that you made me feel good this morning. I'm so mad that you supported me in accomplishing my goal this morning. No, people only get upset when you communicate with them in a, I don't want to call it abundant because it's not the right word. When you over communicate with them, when it's transactional and it's about you and not serving a purpose. And so in the intentionality section, what's your cadence going to be? How often do your customers need to hear from you and how long do they need to hear from you in order for them to trust you, for you to stay on top of mind or you to support them accomplishing their goal. And then the other part of attentionality when you're planning this is looking at the reflective side of what you've done in the past, how you've communicated with your customers in the past, what you've seen on social media in the past and asking yourself what's working, what's not working and what can we adjust? And when I think about customer journeys, I like to look at them as like a volume knob, right? Or a radio tuning knob. I'm going to date myself, but back when I have to listen to the radio, you know, when it was cassettes tapes and I was making tapes, but I would turn the knob, like you tune the radio station in the car. And if you was a little staticky, you didn't turn the radio off. You just tuned it a little bit and you're like, oh, there it is. As you drove further and further away from your home or that tower, it would get staticky again, but you weren't like, oh, I hate my radio. I'm never listening to it again. You turn the dial, you turn the dial and you turn the dial until you kind of got it into focus where it belonged. And that's what customer journeys are. So when you're thinking about customer journeys, they're living and breathing. They're iterative. They, they require attention. Just like you, most of us don't do the same thing every day. We don't get up at the exact same time, drink the same amount of water, the same cup. Like we're not robots. We modulate and so do customer journeys. So part of the intentionality is being aware, looking at like what worked, what's working, what's not working, how can we adjust and making sure that you're doing it to serve a purpose and not making adjustments that would sabotage your success. But let's say people aren't opening your email. Well, could you send a prep email before the sequence starts to frame their mind? Let's say people don't open your first email. Well, go back to the thank you page. What can you say on the thank you page? What can you put on the thank you page to get them into their inbox? Let's say they're not doing that. Well, then tell them on the sales page or on the opt-in page, the most important thing they can do is check their email once they sign up. And on the thank you page, tell them again, hey, the most important thing you can do is check your email because your results are in that email. Oh, and there's a gift in there. Oh, go check your email. Here's the subject line. In your business, in your game, in your customer journey, it's just a series of inputs put into a process to create an output. And so 
you have to start thinking about this customer journey as leadership, as breadcrumbs, Jack and Jill, right? And so if I have all of you going to an opt-in and I'm like, hey, I'm really going to give you these sequences, which we do. I'm going to give you these sequences and I send you to the opt-in page and you get the thank you page, but I see nobody's opening the email. That's not your fault. That's my fault. Why aren't you opening the email? Well, if it's not going to spam and I checked it with Glock apps and I know it's hitting the inbox, well, there's something missing in the journey. There was something missing from me in communication or guidance or direction to get you into the inbox to know that that's where everything was. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Well, if nobody's opening the email, the first thing I can do is I can make sure the subject line is congruent. Once I do that, I can go back to the thank you page and I can encourage people on the thank you page to get into the inbox and let them know it's sitting right there. And then that's how I start to play the game with customer journey. So that's what we say. That's what we mean when we say intentionality, okay? So the first P in PIP, PIP is planning, I is intentionality, and P is patience. And patience and patience and patience. And I'm going to say this. The goal of customer journeys is not to convert everybody. You can't convert everybody at one time. You cannot. People are in different phases of their journey. They're in different phases of their evolution. They're in different phases of their growth. But what you can do, what you can do is you can convert everybody who is ready right now while having a positive touch point. And helping these people that aren't ready become one step closer to becoming ready to becoming your customer. That's really what the goal of a customer journey is. It's to show up consistently and congruently. So when the right people are ready, they have the path to convert. They feel safe. They know what you offer. They know that this is the right thing. You're consistent. They know that if this is what they're getting here, imagine when they pay. And then for anybody who's not ready, they're going to keep implementing what you teach and be accountable. And they're going to capitalize on what you're giving them. But you're going to capitalize because they're going to be talking about you. You'll never believe it. I didn't buy from this guy, but he's still helping me with his email. He still responds to my questions. Like, can you imagine what it's like when I pay him? I'm going to set a goal to pay him. Patience. The goal of the journey is not to convert everybody. Even if you're in direct response marketing and you're like aggressively selling, you're never going to convert 100% of the people. You might aggressively sell to 10% and get them to convert. But if you don't nurture and transition that other 90, you'll never get them back. But one of the ways to win is to make sure that everybody feels seen, heard, and respected. And that's where patients come in. And so what I like to think about is how can I design these journeys so that when anybody gets ready, they can come in and anybody who's not ready doesn't feel bad or wrong or pushed away. They're like, okay, I got it. This is a goal. This is a goal. This is a goal. And in order for that to happen, you have to have patience. Like if you look at your buying decisions, like I'll use Apple again. If somebody is on an Android and they walk into an Apple store and pick up a phone for the first time, normally they're not going to buy it, but they can come in, they can get an iPod, they can touch it, they can play with it, and eventually they'll have enough condition touch points and social proof that they'll make a decision. If you go into an Apple store and you have a laptop and you love your laptop, but you see the new one, you might not buy it on the spot, but you might come in, you might visit again, you might research it online, and then when you collect the evidence required, you make a conversion. But can you imagine if Apple only let you in the store if you pre-committed to buying one exact product before you walked in? They wouldn't have a business, right? They would, but it wouldn't be as successful as it is. 
because I think one of my buddies is a, a general manager at Apple, and I think he told me that 90% of the people that come into the store every day don't buy on that visit. 10% do, but they'll come back and come back. And so it's like a window shopping machine. And that's what digital marketing is. Like that's how you play this game. So think about it as a grocery store, right? They're walking through and you're telling them what aisle, but if they happen to grab something else, realize they don't like it, then they'll come back or you tell them where they want to go. They're like, yep, yeah, I'm going to play that game. I'm going to check out here, right? But they can stay in the store and collect whatever they want in the store. They can fill their cart with whatever they want in the store, whether that's their bucket of safety or confidence or making sure it's the right fit. And then as long as they're in that store, i.e. as long as they're in your ecosystem, when their cart is full, they're going to come to the checkout stand. Very rarely when their cart is full, they're going to abandon it in the middle of aisle seven and then run out the store without you realizing. But if somebody was filling their cart and you walked up to them and said, hey, it's time to go. You're done. You don't need anything else. Check out now. If you don't get this now, you won't save this money. If you don't do this, you're going to miss this. They're never going to come. And it's the same thing. So patience is the third P. In my opinion, what most people think should be done in one to three emails should be done in five to 10 emails. What most people think should be done in one to five days should be done in like 15 to 25 days. When we're selling, when we're giving value, when we're giving lead magnets, we don't have customers that have eight hours of open time in their day. We have customers that are in a bit of pain or not happy where they are and they're looking for a solution and they're looking to us for the solution. But we have to understand that there is a microscopic amount of space in their day, in their business, in their life to put into practice what we give them. And so if we give them too much, it doesn't fit and they don't use it. But if we give them just enough, they use it and then they create more space and use more and create more space and use more. And they start to build endowment into your brand, into your business, into your product, into your world. And so the third P is patience. So the PIP method for me designing customer journeys is planning, intentionality, and patience. Planning, intentionality, and patience. And if I could summarize up the most important part of a customer journey for you, it would be make it longer than you think. Like lean it out. Like, no, make it longer, not lean it out. Extend it out, extend it out, right? And so if you're like, ha, ah, yeah, I'm gonna help these people, you know, do these three things. Well, cool, like make it seven days, prep them, give them an overview, help them with thing one, check in with thing one, help them with thing two, check in with thing two, help them with thing three, check in with thing three, wrap thing three and be like, hey, here's your next steps. That's like eight days. But you have a lot better chance of succeeding that way by making sure that you're getting people into momentum, getting micro commitments, getting that stuff going. And I'll say this, I guarantee you it works because it does. We use it every single day. I use it in my clients. I use it for myself. And so that is my PIP method for customer journeys. PIP method for customer journeys. And so think about it. When you're thinking about your customer journey, your lead magnet, your physical product, your service, your coaching business, your consulting, maybe you just do Zoom calls to close deals, right? But what happens if they don't close? Do you follow up with them? How often? Do you forget and then you just leave them in the ether? Would you not realize that if you just simply follow up with them three weeks later to check in and six weeks later to check in with no agenda, they're either going to convert or they're going to tell other friends about you. And they're really like, God, this guy really wants to help. This lady really wants to help. They really care. They're not just trying to take my credit card. It's a different game. 
And it's a game that plays the infinite game, as Simon Sinek would say. So that is the PIP method for customer journey. So I'm going to go. I'm going to put some ice on my back. I'm going to jump off the call and get ready for another one. I absolutely love you guys. I'm going to say it again. I am a Montana resident, and I'm so happy. I don't think I'm ever leaving. I really, really don't. I'm so happy, uh, but I am a little sore. So I'm going to go get a cup of coffee. I'm going to ice my back a little bit. I'm going to stretch, and I'm going to get to it. But I want you to think about this with your customer journey. So remember that relationships always beat algorithms. I will see you in the next episode, or you will hear me in your earballs. And now it's time. You know what time it is? It's time to cue the outro. I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Mind of George Show. Please make sure you subscribe on your favorite channel that you listen to, whether it's in the car, on your run, or in front of the television. Make sure you leave a review to help other people know how much you love the show and quite frankly, help me know how much you love the show because I read them all. And if you want five-minute daily insider nuggets on business, marketing, leadership, mindset, or any other tool that you would need to build and scale your company, make sure you register for my invite-only newsletter. I call it the Lightkeeper Lessons. I hold nothing back here and I share everything that works for me, my friends and mentors, and thousands of my students around the world to thrive in life and keep our lighthouses shining brightly. We will eventually be charging for this, but for now, for you, because you're listening to the podcast, it's free. So if you want to sign up, go to www.lightkeeper.club, fill out the application, and then check your inbox because it's magic. You actually have to open the emails to get the gifts inside. Otherwise, you can get access to my Relationships Beats Algorithms Facebook community and other free resources on the website. So just go to www.mindofgeorge.com and I'll see you in the next episode.